Hey baddies! I'm Carly. And I'm Tab. And welcome back to Historically Bad. The podcast where you come for the content and stay for the banter. Banter. <laughs> Should we thank our, our fans for yeah. tuning in to the first episode? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and for our 22 five-star reviews. <laughs> definitely, definitely four of those are Tab, myself, <laughs> Josh, and Oh Jim. no, I think I made about... 15 email accounts <laughs> i like so. that we can face each other right now like Me this too. is this is really nice last time well we're still we still had to make a fort but last time we were like next Beside to each other, each other. Yeah, yeah just staring at the screen this now time we can see each other's faces um we really like uh, leveled up i think this time i just want to point out that you can suggest episodes on our website so please do because oh, yes i already got a few suggestions too but i was like put it on the website bitch we have a lot of good things planned for you guys but definitely if you have any good fucked up stories like hit them hit us way. up yeah definitely Okay. We are we ready? Yes. Yeah, All right, we're ready for episode two. So this time Tab is gonna bring us some fucked up shit, and then mm. I'm gonna give some really hot takes. Yeah, I'm excited. So please interrupt, like always. Just okay. keep interrupting me. Okay, I'll try. So um. Okay. So this week we're gonna go like a little bit of a ways back in time. So Carly last week taught us about a little bit of a more modern history crime sort of story, and I'm gonna be talking a little bit more about like historically weird, wacky scientist vibes this okay. week. So Fuck yeah. So we're going to be talking about rocket engineer and chemist John Whiteside Parsons, or Jack Parsons. His name is Whiteside. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Whiteside hyphen Parsons. That's so funny. <laughs> but he's actually more widely known, or perhaps more controversially known, as the sex cult rocket man. So rocket we're going to find out why. So why do we care about this man? And the truth is, many of you might not. <laughs> but if you're a science nerd like Carly and I, you might. And you might just find him as interesting and crazy as I did. Especially any of you that have any sort of NASA merch, which I know all you motherfuckers are out there. <laughs> Those NASA we, fans. We all rock in them NASA hoodies <laughs> and them NASA just like, the same stickers. Just the same way we rock our Harvard shit. It's true. <laughs> just pretending. Like, like, they have like... Um, they have like different sweaters for different fields. So it'd be like biological science yes, or whatever. Or they have one that says rocket science. And I think it's like a joke. <laughs> I think it's well, legit a joke. People did think rocket science was a joke, which yep. we'll talk about. Oh, segue. Yeah, segue. Okay, so just a little bit of a brief sort of synopsis on Jack Parsons before we talk about our sources for today's episode. So a brief history on Jack. He was born Marvel Whiteside Parsons. Cool. Okay, so he's named after his father, but he was later referred to as Jack. He was born on October 2nd, 1914 in Los Angeles to an extremely affluent family and died at the very young age of 37 on June 17th, 1952. Oh, shit. I say very young age of 37 here because I'm still coping with the fact that I'll be turning 30 next year. And Carly <laughs> is a year younger than me, which I was just about to say she will mention. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and this he is my elder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he actually died in a catastrophic home, catastrophic 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 words are tough um so hard. home laboratory explosions so that's a little bit of a teaser and his death is still known today as extremely controversial as are many of the things he was known for which we'll talk about in today's episode oh we love some controversy we, we do. do and he's highly controversial so death is so controversial in fact it made national news and although it was ruled an accident many still strongly believe it was either suicide or a conspiracy murder by the u.s government <sighs> Even a bit more wacky, some believe that his death was a magical experiment that killed him. A magical experiment? A magical experiment. Like yeah. witchcraft? And yeah, wizardry? Exactly. Wow. Okay. Like Hogwarts sort of vibes. Yeah. Um, and so as a scientist, Jack Parsons is so controversial that he made the list of top 10 real-life mad scientists, ranking number four. Oh, badass. And from this list, I quote, the story of rocket scientist Jack Parsons is so monumentally insane that it's tempting to think it is all a product of a deranged Hollywood scriptwriter's imagination. However, he is known as the father of modern rocketry. 
and his work became the basis of NASA's modern-day space program. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. So in addition to being a rocket scientist, he was a poet. He was a known Marxist and communist. He stood accused of espionage and held a deep fascination with the occult. With the what cult? With the occult. Occult. Yeah, and we'll talk about it. You're going to teach me. We're going to. I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach you. I'm your elder. You're already using words that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what it meant either, to be fair. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. But when we think about cult, occult, similar variety. Right. Yeah, facts. So this is the story of the original Rocket Man, the sex call Rocket Man, rather, Jack Parsons. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Okay, so our sources for today's episode include the JSTOR Daily, the article titled The Sex Cult Rocket Man, NewYorkPost.com, LATimes.com, Space Safety Magazine, the CBS All Access TV show Strange Angel, which has two seasons, by the way. Yeah, I only watched like four episodes, I'll, I'll admit. Oh, but that's research time. It was it was research. It was. It was more fun than my master's thesis, so here we are. <laughs> what, and then, what is it? No, I'm <laughs> Yeah. And then last but not least, the novel Sex and Rockets, The Occult World of Jack Parsons. I'm going to start from like the beginning I and mean, today's episode is going to go a little bit in more chronological format just because it's a bit more of like a science history story. So as I mentioned, jo- Jack, John, now I got John on the brain. <laughs> There's too many J's in my life. <laughs> it's just like old white guy problems. <laughs> it's true. Like a bunch of British names. <laughs> so Jack was born in Los Angeles and lived on Orange Grove Boulevard, Pasadena. This was such an affluent neighborhood. What does affluent mean? Like just well rich. rich. Hashtag generational wealth. Okay, yeah. Roger that. Yeah, bougie. Like Ratchet, white picket fence. Bougie. White picket fence vibes. Yes, exactly. I'm a savage. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> they <laughs> can't see me, so they can't see that I'm trying to do the dance. You were dancing, though. Yeah, it's true. Okay, sorry. Carry on. So this neighborhood was referred to as Millionaire's Row or Millionaire's Mile at the time. So that's how affluent it really was. And it was named for having a high number of landmark mansions that existed there. So, fun fact, the creator of Wrigley's Chewing Gum lived there, which is a really? celebrity sighting. <laughs> so, it is bougie as hell. So, to contextualize this in today's market, although this neighborhood was sought after in kind of the early 20th century, more so than today, in today's market, it does boast an average home price of $1.3 million US dollars, which is huh. like an apartment in yeah. Vancouver. I was just gonna say. <laughs> so it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem that bougie anymore, I guess. Right. Um, however, apparently it has fifteen millionaires per mile, said by its residents. So oh, shit. it is a bougie place to live. And that's where Jack Parsons was born and he lived there. Nice. So just a little bit about his early life, because very early on he was debatably quite a unique fella. Jack was born to his mother, Ruth Virginia Whiteside, and his father, Marvel H. Parsons. They were themselves swept up by the strange world of New Age spiritualism and occultist or cult-like beliefs that swept the L.A. during the turn of the, cent- the century. Jesus, that was hard to say. That was great. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack actually hardly knew his father, sadly. And this is because Ruth and Marvel's marriage broke down soon after Jack's birth, when Ruth discovered that his father made numerous visits to a sex worker, and she filed for oh. divorce on March 1915. So Jack wasn't even a year old yet. Oh, good for her. I feel like it, it would have been like a hard thing to divorce your very rich husband in 1915 oh for sure it would be and you know what's even great actually is his father left to go back to his hometown massachusetts massachusetts <laughs> the amount Throw of messages we got this week about like <laughs> massachusetts it's a, it's a hard word to say though it's really hard you just have to deal with the way we say massachusetts it's true Jack's father left to Massachusetts after being publicly exposed as an adulterer. So he was, oh, in fact, shit. shamed. So yes. she didn't just divorce him. She was, like, blasting his ass. She blasted his ass. And she nice. forbid him to see Jack. So Jack didn't know his father oh. at all. So absolutely no relationship with his dad. Sad. Sadly. And there wasn't a ton of information as to what they did to afford this lifestyle in Millionaire's Row. However, I do know that they had extremely wealthy parents themselves. And okay. that this home that they bought and that Jack lived in and was raised in was purchased by Ruth's parents, Jack's grandparents. 
did she change his name because of the divorce? She did. So wow. that's a great question. Thank you for asking that because I would have forgot. He oh, nice. was his name was changed to Jack, oh. and he no longer was his father's namesake anymore because oh, his dad wow. was a little bit of a shyster. She really just took it and ran and was like, "Bye." She really did. Fuck she you. was Fuck like, "Your name, yeah, Fuck your money." Actually, I'll I'm gonna publicly money. expose you as an adulterer, and Seriously. I'm a. I'm a leave. Yeah. So Jack lived a bougie lifestyle and he was even surrounded by many domestic servants and money was absolutely no issue for the Parsons. So he had some incredible generational wealth. We love that. Cannot relate. <laughs> if we had generational wealth, we would not be recording. <laughs> no, no, it's true. We would actually have a, a legit studio, studio, which I can't imagine. Which we're going to get. Eventually. Which we'll get, yeah, yep. yeah, in our journey to fame. Yep. Um, he did, however, live a fairly solitary life. He had few friends and spent most of his early life reading mythology and reading science fiction mag- magazines. That's like Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Josh likes big into mythology. He's not solitary, but isn't he, he like the? I could talk to you about the Roman Empire, kind of. Every vibes. he, in fact, since that trend happened, he <laughs> he often will be like Roman Empire. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm just like letting you know every time I think. About the Roman so Jack, not a particularly popular guy, I would say, spent his time reading um, science fiction magazines, particularly those titled Amazing Stories, which led to a very early interest and borderline obsession with rocketry and rocket oh, science. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. great. However, despite being from a very wealthy family in his preteen years, he attended public school. So his parents were like, we love you, but not that much. Right. Um, and he attended Maybe a public she school. Maybe she got money, but she didn't get like that much money. True. Or she was like, I'm going to get my nails done instead. Yeah. Instead <laughs> or of paying for your school. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. Like, know. How do you deal with your husband frequenting a sex worker all the time? Do it you just fuck you up for sure? Fuck you up for sure. Some yeah. fucked up shit. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's historically bad. <laughs> So he went to a public school. The school was titled Washington Junior High School, and it was in Pasadena. Um, However, he performed extremely poorly in school. And this is something that even though we'll find out that Jack is the father of modern rocketry and started basically NASA, he wasn't particularly great in school. So he was constantly dropping out. No shade to to like the father of rocketry but i just feel like in order for like i just feel like the bar was so low especially yeah. for like oh. for like one young white guys in pasadena i feel like they could have gotten away with being a shitty student and then eventually becoming infamous a for rocketry correct yeah just just fucking annoying it's true and i and that is truly kind of almost what happens to him like he had no formalized education and he still was able to be like have a ton of clout and be respected amongst the scientific community and, and stuff. here we are like busting our asses to get like graduate degrees that are going to be useless it's true, and we'll use them towards this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which, kidding. hey, we know how to do science, or we Just know how kidding. to do research. <laughs> um, however, he, as I mentioned, performed poorly in school, um, and this was because of what they thought was undiagnosed learning disabilities, like dyslexia and ADHD and things that they didn't really know how to diagnose back then. Well, no, I feel like an asshole. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You should. Yeah, <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Um, and he did unfortunately continue to remain unpopular in public school. And to make matters worse, apparently he was senselessly bullied from coming from an upper class family mm. and having what was described as effeminacy. So this is having feminine oh. characteristics. So we can really see the times here. Yeah. Such as having flowing hair and delicate hands. So poor Jack wasn't really fitting in and wasn't excelling in academics. Things get a little bit better for him and then take a turn for worst. Um, however, Jack did form one strong bond with a man named Edward Foreman, which will kind of be an important figure in his life moving forward. He was the same age as Jack, but he was from a poor family. And because he was also interested in rocketry, I just want to contextualize this as well. At this time, it was a really interesting time in history where rocket science and rocketry was mocked by the greater scientific community. Okay. And considered almost sinful. 
So it was kind of something that like, yeah. if you looked at space travel as something that was to be desired upon or something that would be possible in the future, you were looked at as like, yeah, whatever, you're just crazy and it's right. bonkers and it will never happen. And also maybe there was like a lot of like religious pressure at the time too, to be I like, think you so. can't go, there's no other place than It's here. true. Like the heliocentric ideology wow. of like... Tab! <laughs> that was straight from your brain, that word. I don't know if that's correct though. Is that where like they thought this, the earth was in the center of the solar system? I just can't wait to validate you right now. Helio I think it's right. Centric. Having or representing the sun as the center. Oh. So uh, it's geocentric. Okay, so geocentric. Please hold. Geocentric Helio is the... Helio is the correct The sun one, yeah. is the center. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, so it turns out it's geocentric is what I was referring to. Geocentric so. is the correct one. Or maybe it's not. Flatter <laughs> <Latter> society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anti-vags. <laughs> um, anyways, so this... Uh, this sort of hobby of Jack Parsons and Edward Foreman, which was that of rocket science, was not necessarily looked at as a respectable. Valid, yes, absolutely. Even though we look at like rocket scientists nowadays and we're like, oh my God. Yeah. This is not something that was cool. Although like even like I just made fun of the rocket science sweater. So like, do we, like we should, but do we? Oh dude, I have a NASA sweater. I'm going to pop it on the fucking <laughs> socials. Yeah, I love it. Pop it on the socials. <laughs> so I, I think rocket scientists are badass, but. Yeah, it is badass. Um, So because of the fact that Jack was really interested in rocket science and his friend Edward Edward was they were like heavily bullied because of this because everybody right. was like okay nerd like right. get out of here we don't listen to nerds right <laughs> and not just like nerds like far-fetched like believers and things that aren't real 100 like, yeah. yeah things that like they were witchcraft. like this is never gonna happen exactly and that's a great segue into witchcraft because yes, you just you wait <laughs> oh i can't wait Anyways, Edward kindly defended Jack from such bullies. Nice round of applause, Edward. They bonded um, over the fact that they had a very similar interest in something that nobody else was really interested in yeah. at the time. They That's like Swifties in 2017. It's true. And now look at them, right? Now exactly. And NASA. NASA. See, Boom. so stick to what you love is the is the moral of the story here. Yeah. Haters gonna hate. Hate, 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 hate. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Um, so a couple years after meeting Edward, they both began to take their interest in rockets to the test, and they experimented with homemade gunpowder-based rockets in Jack's family garden. So Jack That's, was... That's gotta be illegal. It's <laughs> gotta be illegal and also extremely dangerous, and it turns out it was extremely dangerous. Um, however, they were so obsessed with the idea of creating the first rocket engine, and they decided to test it in Jack's family garden. And it's kind of like Jack is this sort of spoiled kid where he's like, fuck it, yeah. I'm gonna go... I'm going to blow shit up in the backyard today. Yeah, that's what he can spend his time on. Yeah, exactly. And so this was just kind of like the epitome of guys being dudes, blowing shit up, right. not giving a fuck. Right. And they actually ended up having so many explosions that failed, some so extremely large, that they ended up overturning their backyard entirely. So he lived in this really wealthy area, and they were exploding shit up with explosives. Like, what do you mean overturning? Like, overturning in the sense that, like, it's like they had excavated the, the ground almost oh, entirely. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it was like riddled with craters is oh. what it was described as. Yeah, oh, so they shit. were so obsessed with the idea of creating the first rocket engine it obviously failed they're only about 12 at this time by the way as well too oh, so they're honestly, extremely young kind of impressive it is it is impressive and ahead of its time yeah almost. like you know like in toy story the guy who, the like the 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 neighbor kid who, who was like putting barbies on rockets and like shooting them up in the air i i don't know this reference but i'm excited to hear about it <laughs> he was just like he was just like the villain in toy story and he would take the barbies from and then put them, or like the to the toys, and then put them on like firecrackers and then launch them up in the air. And this is not dissimilar to what Zach well, Jack I was, just was doing. Say, same, yeah. same. Like he, and he is, and he becomes kind of a villain, which we'll find out. Oh. But yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they were just blowing shit up in the backyard. They thought this would lead to them designing the first rocket fuel engine. Right. Um, and this actually led to the first ingenuity of Parsons. So keep in mind, as I mentioned, is that Jack at this time was only twelve years old, and he was like 
already quite ahead of his time. He was obviously an unorthodox genius already. Right. Um, and he had the idea to use glue to bind the gunpowder together in one of their explosives that they had used or one of their engines that they had built, rather, um, to increase the rocket fuel stability. So he was huh. really, really smart. And this is actually like the first solid fuel rocket engine that they actually still study at NASA today. So oh, wow. he really is like smart, despite he the fact that fucking he was 12. just fucking blowing shit up in his grandparents' backyard. It's innovative as hell. It's innovative as hell. Also extremely dangerous. Don't do this, please. Yeah, do not. <laughs> don't have to they already he already did it he they already did the it yeah there's a shit. laboratory you yeah. can go visit it if you want there's yeah isn't there a space station in houston as well yeah there is there's gotta be yeah sounds right it's not yeah houston we have a problem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um however at this time jack was not only unique for his inherent interest and talent in rocketry but jack began to investigate what was known as occultism okay okay you ready I'm ready to learn all right Embracing. so for those of you that don't know what this is and to be fair i didn't i didn't at all <laughs> Until I actually dug a bit deeper and then I was kind of shocked at one, how broad the definition is, but then right. two, just what it includes and who subscribes to it, actually. So okay. occultism in its broadest sense is a category of supernatural beliefs and practices, which generally fall outside the scope of religion and science, encompassing otherworldly phenomenon such as magic, mysticism, and varied spells. Okay. okay. So a lot of occultism has to do with knowledge of the supernatural or paranormal. So it's kind of like okay. anything from witchcraft to satanic rituals. Like, so do all cults uh, exist under the umbrella of occultism? occultism. I think okay. so. Yes. But you don't necessarily have to be like a quote unquote cult in order to be occultism. I think you can just believe in supernatural and or otherworldly phenomenon, but not be necessarily subscribing to a sanctified a cult. cult. Yeah, yeah. Cult is like brain control and shit. Yeah. It's like occultism is just like... Fucking, we shit. believe in witchcraft and summoning goddesses and devils and all of those different okay. things. I'm not so necessarily like the like, Roman Empire. <laughs> so like the Roman Empire and also like religion, I guess you yeah. could say. Yeah. We're just going to drop that in there. Yeah, we're just going to drop that in there. No shade. We're not going to filter. We're not going to censor. We're not going to filter or censor. No, it's yep. true. Um, so yeah, occultism is just kind of this broad definition of anything that includes supernatural, paranormal, et cetera, et cetera. I'm cool. not actually an Very expert cool. in it. Obviously, I don't what subscribe about, like, to it like myself. Cr- but crystals and Reiki. I think that could be I mean, occultism. my mom would... Come shout out to my mom to be like shout out she would disagree <laughs> yeah but but it, uh, would, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing it just means that it doesn't always have to be a bad thing but i think in this context you'll find out that that it, it is, it, is. <laughs> it could be at least at the very weird a, a wacky and weird thing okay um, yeah but, but there's nothing wrong with being wacky and weird there's nothing wrong with being wacky and weird yeah. be unapologetically you oh sorry yeah. i accidentally played footsie with you <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it was nice <laughs> So apparently occultism uh, today actually boasts quite a high number of devotees. So Mm. they actually say that most Americans that consider themselves Christian are comfortable with, quote unquote, blending Christianity with occultism. Okay. So they don't always want to act within like Jesus and the church, but they're okay with like, I don't know, I don't want to say summoning the devil, but witchcraft, spells, whatever. Spirituality. Spirituality. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. see, then occultism really isn't that bad. Well, it isn't that bad, I guess. It depends on how all you... organized religion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, like it, it depends on how you use it, I guess. Right, right, um, that's true. And extremists exist in every situation. They do very much yeah. so. Yeah. And some more famous people today uh, are actually professionally or notably involved in occultism. Okay, and so these include David Bowie, Jimmy Page, uh, more recently Vanessa Hudgens, Giselle Ooh. Bunchen, Lana Del Rey, and actually Queen Bee or Beyonce. Oh fuck yeah, Illuminati! So, is this Illuminati shit? I, I think, Illuminati I think kind of. Yeah. Okay, yo, also um, Vanessa Hudgens. I feel like I love. I follow her on Instagram. If you don't follow, you should. And she's just like witchy vibes. Yeah. Is that I, what you mean? Like, I think just, that, like, and I think that they just like are okay with the possibility of like supernatural, paranormal things, like. Right. Existing in our terrestrial life. Yeah, this is absolutely like rocks, uh, rocks, <laughs> crystals. And it is, yeah. It's all that. Yep. It's all there. 
It's all there. And you know what? I guess we're kind of the odd ones for not subscribing because a lot of people believe in this. Yeah. And we we probably have a little bit of occultism. I feel like superstition and stuff could be like almost borderline. I think so. Or like, yeah, not wanting to walk under a ladder. Exactly. Like maybe that's because you think like it gives bad juju. Bad juju. Yeah. Which yeah. nobody needs that, right? Bad juju, yeah. Or even good juju. I guess maybe that would or be a good cultism. juju. Yeah. Yep. But I think it can also be really wacky, weird, and terrifying, which we're going to find out today. Okay. So Jack found occultism so interesting and compelling that he actually performed a ritual to summon the devil into his bedroom at the age of 14 years old. Ooh. Okay. So spooked by his own actions, however, and the possibility that the invocation was successful, he ceased these activities temporarily and shrugged them off as a quote-unquote magical fiasco. Which is so funny that that's how you shrug something off. Like, ah, whatever. It was just a magical fiasco. I feel like I want to make that my, like, new Instagram <laughs> ah, bio. A magical fiasco. A magical fiasco. That's true. Like, you are magically chaotic. Any Taylor Swift thing ever is a magical fiasco. It's true. It's true. It's true. This is a magical fiasco. Am I in a cult? No, <laughs> We are a cult for sure. Um, and this is the first incident of his strange double life, which becomes all the more prevalent in his later years, acting as a scientist by day and a cultist by night. Nice. This is also where we see such a strong obsession with the idea of growing up to build a rocket that he was willing to do whatever it took even if that meant selling his soul to the devil do you think a little bit he was like trying to get somewhere like trying to get to the stars and heavens and i think for sure and there's one thing that we'll talk about later in today's episode that is exactly that like not being tied to worldly material possessions to send yourself to space and some people still believe that like his involvement with occultism is like what put man on the moon yeah so like could you argue it worked yeah okay so if we fast forward a little bit Jack, more interested in rockets and cults, continues to perform poorly in school. So as I mentioned, this is just something that plagues his entire life. And he was eventually sent to a boarding school called Brown Military Academy for boys, where he was actually later kicked out for blowing up toilets. (laughs) (laughs) So he blows up his grandparents' backyard. He's blowing up toilets. He's summoning the devil. Like, this man is just interesting. He's a problem child. But also a genius, turns out. Um, So obviously his interest... (laughs) As a a parent, it's got to be hard when your child's like acting out to be like, I I just don't know, like, are they on the brink of being a genius or are they just being a little fuckhead (laughs) i honestly think like you have to be really careful like how you parent too in the sense of like you can make a dictator or you can make like someone that creates nasa and it's like how do you know but then also like nature versus nurture you can't blame yourself if your child becomes a serial killer but then also like you can blame yourself can you blame yourself yeah who knows this is why we're not parents I mean, we might be one day, but like right now, (laughs) seems hard. We're just pet parents. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously his interests remained the same, but at the very least at this time, he wasn't summoning the devil. So that's a win for us. Yeah. He spooked himself out. So he's like, none of that magical fiasco never happening again. (laughs) Never happening again. Um, So a little bit later, the Parsons family fortune, unfortunately, begins to dwindle with the onset of the Great Depression. Okay. So we start to see things change economically right now. Jack, poor baby, started to see some financial hardship and had to live like the other half for once. So... Mm. I know. Poor guy. I don't Poor know. What guy. will he do? Can't blow up his backyard anymore. Can't blow up his backyard anymore. Summon the Shit. devil, blow up toilets. He's going to actually have to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. So around this time, we start to see him become a little bit of a blue collar era. Nice. And he had to get a part-time job to help out financially when his grandpa died and they actually had to sell their house on Millionaire's Row. So oh. it's kind Property of value a little bit lower because of all the <laughs> holes in the backyard. It's okay. He still owns property, which can't yeah. relate. Tab is very successful. She like undersells herself a lot because she doesn't think help that she's me, where she I'm wants poor. to be. Yeah. No, she's she's really like, she's doing great. Thank Everything's you. Everything's great I in Tabland. Um, and so just like his obsession with rocketry infiltrated other aspects of his life, like blowing up his backyard and blowing up toilets, um, it even did with his choice of employment. So Jack got a part-time job at the Hercules Powder Company at this time. So he was only... Who put the gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> Just 
a little shout out to Hercules. Hercules. Um, this is a chemical and munitions company, and he actually got a job as a janitor. So, oh, nice. A bit of a disclaimer here, him. though, actually. Okay. This little bit of information is actually not true. Oh. <laughs> it is just featured in the CBS show Strange Angel, which is a Hollywood dramatization of his life. Has oh, okay. two seasons. Um, so why would they make him a janitor? Just to make I him feel like more relatable? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, and I have not, I've not found information to back this up. So maybe he okay. was, in fact, a janitor. Everything I could right. find said that he was, in fact, a, a chemist at this company. Okay. Even though he was only, like, 17. So I don't know how... Right. I think, like, you could be a chemist back then yeah, without but, having, like, like, an associate I was just going to say, a white man can do whatever he wants truly, when he's, when he's 17 in 1920s. It's true. And I think it was just, like, a drama, a little bit of drama flair that they added oh, okay. to the documentary. Yeah, like, they took artistic liberty. They did. It's kind of like a Goodwill Hunting vibe. Right. Like, where they were, like, genius level IQ, janitor works at MIT. I That's exactly I've what I have never seen Goodwill Hunting. Oh, is that is this, um... Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon. Such a good movie. I should watch that then. You should. Josh is going to listen to this and be like, fuck. <laughs> Jake too. You'll be like, yeah. guys, come on. It's Get like it together. You, you have it together. He's, he can be proud of you. I'm just oh, so disappointed. I don't have it together. No, I'm faking <laughs> it. This is all a lie. This episode <laughs> is made up. <laughs> <laughs> so he and Edward Foreman, though, while he's working at the Hercules Powder Company, continue to independently explore the subject of rocketry in their spare time. Are they Are they in love? Is this going to be a love story? Um, you know what? There actually was. It's funny you mentioned that. I mean, it's not funny, but it's interesting you mentioned that. Right. Um, he apparently was notoriously known as being potentially gay. Oh, and they thought golly. that maybe that's why, like, he was struggling. is because at the time it wasn't necessarily, like, okay not to be allowed at all. gay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw when I was Googling, like, my basic bitch research into this. <laughs> I did some basic bitch research, too. Nice. <laughs> um, I saw that he was, like, it was, like, famous by scientists. Ooh. And he was, like, on that list. But I didn't actually read the article, so... I'd... No, and so apparently it was rumored. He was never outwardly gay. Right, he never identified with that it. That would be a really bad idea. would have been a bad idea. I mean, like, this is Great Depression era. Yeah. People are being conscripted all the time. Right. Toxic masculinity is a huge thing. Right, and if he's straight passing, then he probably wanted to ride that. I think even just in the scientific community, like, oh, being yeah. a male in the scientific community, maybe treated poorly yeah. if you yeah. came out as be gay. Less so, respected. So, yeah, it's funny you Which, mentioned fuck that. that. That's our, that's our first fucked up shit of the episode. It's true. It's true. It's true. And the fact that he was made fun of for being like feminine, right? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah. That was also fucked up. That was also fucked up. Yeah. So just a bit of a different time. Yeah. However, him and his friends still working on this project of theirs, this hobby, kind of like a podcast, yeah. <laughs> except it led to passion, NASA. Passion project. Passion project. Yeah, but we could, you know, you never know where we're going to go to happen right true. now. We're like, under blankets. Who knows what the future holds? <laughs> the sky is the limit. Skull, or not. Or, or beyond. Or the sky is not the limit. <laughs> it's not the limit, which we find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so they explore this object of rocketry and they build and test different rockets all the time. And this is sometimes with materials that Jack Parsons actually stolen from work. So he was a little oh, bit of a shit. klepto too. So this man is like fucking, he stops at nothing. He, he blows up backyards. He blows up toilets. He steals shit from work. Well, in seek of a higher mission. Like in the man seek of is a higher on mission. mission. Yeah, it's <laughs> truly a space mission. Yeah. Um, as him and Edward continued in their endeavors, we see a sort of a big milestone here where Jack constructed the first ever solid rocket fuel engine. So a little bit of context. Oh, this cool. is the same or similar variety still used at NASA today. That's Obviously, fucking wild. It's fucking wild. Like he's a teenager. Like, but also just the like the whole the way that science works is a little bit mind blowing to me. Like it we is. still use a bunch of shit that people thought of like 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So it's not like it doesn't get better over time. Like I know it does get better over time, but like there is <laughs> It'll get better. there's one breakthrough moment in almost like every pipeline of scientific thought, and it's yeah. like once if you do it, then you did it. Like yeah, you did it's like it. CRISPR, like you fucking did it. It's you true, and, and then you patent that shit and you make a ton of money off. Yeah, that. and we do we like do grow on it and and build off of it and stuff yeah. like that. Like we stand on the shoulders of giants. Don't get me wrong, but like also it's just wild to me that like at any moment you can make like a 
groundbreaking discovery and then be famous for like 100 fucking years it's really crazy to me that you can blow up toilets and backyards and this has now led to yeah. some sort of in- ingenious invention so to yeah, speak so like, and i can't even fucking do experiments of things that people have already basically done for me <laughs> it's like we talk all the time about how like how like, do you we are not doing this? real science because the real scientists are the ones that are like developing techniques thinking of how to fucking look at gene expression with like studying mRNA molecules like in situs and shit like creating vaccines all yeah. these things putting like, chips in us like all the all the things <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> all the things that we like take for granted like the the actual science that we do is not actually science this is science like this, this is, is science innovation. This is, exactly it's innovation yeah. it's creating things it's having a legacy we just yeah. like use those things that are now patented and yeah. we know they work and we yeah. just use them to find other results seriously we don't yeah. actually discover things we're truly. just lab monkeys it's true we're lab science yeah it's true dance monkey dance monkey <laughs> <laughs> um so parsons finally graduates um in 1933 from high school okay so even though he's like blown shit up and he's getting kicked out and he's struggling and he's ADHD and undiagnosed dyslexia or so they think right. he finally gets a high school degree so this is so crazy that he's done all of this before he's even graduated high school like that the is man is well. unappreciated in his own time yeah he attempted multiple times to earn an associate degree in physics and chemistry from both junior college and Stanford so a little bit of a drop there not Harvard though not Harvard I don't have a Stanford lanyard Stanford. Um, where the fuck is Stanford where is Stanford in California yeah it is oh yeah see yeah. the learning yeah we're learning um but due to his financial situation he had to drop out of both and take up permanent employment at the Hercules Powder Company where he began earning they say a modest hundred dollars a month okay which is around eighteen hundred dollars a month today okay so it's okay is that a full-time job it's a full-time job yeah oh. I know. And it's with inflation nowadays, you're like, cool, I can buy a cucumber. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's <laughs> literally less than we make if we're TAing. And that's like, that's rough. It's rough on. times. It's rough times, especially when he came from like so much money. Right? Yeah. So a bit of a struggle here. Wait, did you say 1800 a week? 1800 a month. Okay. I was like, wait, 1800 a week is not so bad. 1800 nice. a month is, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I stand by month. my statements. Yes, okay. which like, good luck paying fucking rent Anything. in Canada today. Yeah. Seriously. Facts, inflation. <laughs> you can come hashtag. live in our fort though. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do accommodate yeah um but he was plagued by headaches caused by exposure to nitroglycerin and he also apparently had hallucinations because he was working around explosives all day oh shit which maybe they think that's why he was like so obsessed with the occultism N- he needs some n95 type shit he, he does need some... some n95 type shit yeah which maybe he could have created what is nitroglycerin <laughs> i'm not a chemist this is like tab and i in the lab whenever we don't know shit that we should probably know we just we have like a google that are like, <laughs> yeah. shout out anson for giving yes. us a google anson who will listen to us we miss you we love yeah. you our sweet sweet undergrad in the lab got us a google at home like because yep. we would so many times have to google stuff but we would our hands would be f- busy with gloves and stuff so we couldn't google so now we have google so we can be like okay google and then ask it for shit. And that's what we would do in the lab right now if we wanted to know what nitroglycerin And Tab's doing it right now. I'm truly doing this. Yeah, I'm I'm Googling it. Okay, so uh, nitroglycerin. Yep. Class is in session. <laughs> um, it's a powerful explosive and an important ingredient in most forms of dynamite. Oh, it's shit. It's also used in rocket engines today. Right. Um, however, it's also a vasodilator used for cardiac pain. So oh, cool. How something that gives it's you grave headaches and possibly maybe at like a crazy high exposure. But vasodilator, like I feel like, yeah. I don't know shit about migraines, but I feel like the reason you get migraines is because of like your blood vessels are like being too tight or being too wide. Or, yeah. 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 That's so a good point. It feels like science. However, we get to like his first real project in rocketry at this time. And this is actually with Caltech University. So like we're oh, just cool. dropping like. Is he in? University. 
He is not. Okay. So he could never actually get, he never actually was formally educated in post-secondary. Right. So he only ever got a high school degree, but he does get like a lot of these really big time projects with university. So that leads me actually into this. So even though Jack couldn't afford to formally be educated, he did, was still able to attend school and lectures all the time. And he did just out of interest. Right. Um, And he did with his friend Edward. So they would attend multiple lectures at universities around the state, uh, mainly in Caltech, as this was in Pasadena. Right. And after attending a lecture there casually on what they called hypothetical stratospheric air travel big emphasis on hypothetical again because at this time people thought space travel was just bonkers right he was redirected by the instructor to speak to a phd named frank molina a mathematician and mechanical engineer that was writing a thesis on rocket propulsion okay so frank shared the same interests of him and edward so jack and edward and he soon befriended them and the three of them actually ended up applying for funding from Caltech together to um, create a project in science rocketry however they were unfortunately rebuffed so big time rejection okay which Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were given approval, however, later under Frank's doctoral advisor, Theodore von Karman, his name was, to work under the guidance of the Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory Institute of Technology, otherwise known as GALSIT. Okay, so this is like the same, this is like the equivalence of like you and I pulling in a couple buds and being like, yo, John, <laughs> we're just going to do some science and these friends are going to help us for free. Is that cool? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, absolutely. Here uses lab space. That's really, really technologically yeah. advanced, which would yeah. never happen to us. But, but at the same time, like there's rules about volunteering in labs and stuff at the university, but at the time it might have, must have been. <laughs> my stomach just grum- grumbled. Are you hungry? I have food. Do you no, it's food? okay. I'm good. Okay. Um, I'll just digest my own lard. <laughs> We're hibernating. We have, we have so much fun here. We have <laughs> we fun, have fun here. here. Um, uh, supervisors and stuff. It must be nice to have like volunteers because oh, you don't God, have to pay, pay bitches. Them. Yeah, which it's do like they free pay work. us? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we teach, they do not. We're just official one. We get yeah. a degree out of it. Yeah. It's true. We get a degree, which we'll not use. But anyways, nonetheless, and also, I sometimes they do pay us. Like they do pay us. Yeah, like in validation. Yeah, <laughs> and they give us an they give us letters by our name, which is which is important do want to disclaim that one of the only reasons why they were actually able to use such a fancy laboratory is because it was abandoned by the Great Depression. So a lot of people were not getting post-secondary degrees at this time because they couldn't afford it because everybody was struggling. Perfect time to slide in. Perfect time to slide in, say, hey, we want to study some rocket shit. Yeah. I don't really know exactly what. And yeah, okay, sure, you can use this facility to do so at Caltech. They were extremely socialist, so they were anti-capitalist, this group of three. Okay, sorry, Carly already drank her first glass of wine. First of all, we're at my house. I don't have to drive. Second of all, don't drink and drive. Yeah. This I month. am living vicariously because a little bit of context. I'm trying to do dry November and tomorrow is December 1st, y'all, which is great news for us. Yeah. And I'm not helping tab out in any way, but like, <laughs> it smells like herbs. so, it smells so <laughs> fragrant. That wine smells so good. <laughs> it smells so good. But since I'm like, I'm taking the back seats, so I just get to enjoy. It's true. That's fun times. I love that. More wine, better banter. That's true. what I always say. <laughs> That's, you do always say that. <laughs> um, so the three of these esteemed individuals, nice. Frank... Melina, Edward Foreman, and Jack Parsons um, worked towards developing the first rocket. However, <laughs> they were badasses because they were often socializing, smoking marijuana, and drinking, which, a little bit of a context here, this is right around the prohibition. So they weren't really oh. supposed to be doing that. And marijuana I still was not feel legal like I still feel like they're just like privileged white men fucking around. I think so. Yeah. And we'll because find out. It's in the Great Depression and they're like fucking around in a rocket science lab and like drinking and getting high and shit. And just like they come from, well, except for Edward, who we know doesn't come from a wealthy family, as I mentioned, but right. I think the other two did. So they were just like, well, my parents will pay right. for this. Fuck it. Like if it fails, who cares? Right. Right. So, but maybe also like times are tough and they were just trying to unwind and we're it's assholes. True. It's true. Although assholes. I'm like, I want to throw shade. 
Oh, okay. So we're throwing shade. We're throwing shade. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bad things happen to him, but he may have done bad things too. And he that does bad. People things, are complex. Yeah. And that being said, like his legacy is obviously legendary, creating NASA. So right. But it's annoying that people like that get away with having legacies like that. It's true. Yeah. And we'll find out that he got away with a lot more than he should have. So during this time, Jack actually experiences two major breakthroughs. Okay. So he's got this project going on at Caltech, and two major breakthroughs in his life. So one personal, one professional. So the first Ooh. is that he meets his first wife. Little disclaimer: he ends up having three wives and several failed marriages. So not the greatest husband, it turns out. He meets his first wife, Helen Northup, at church, and a short year later, they were married. There wasn't a ton of information on their relationship, but they weren't exactly happily married. And it does say that even though Jack was working at a sought-after powder company while researching at Galset, Jack spent most of his wages funding the Rocket Research Group, and for extra money, he actually pawned her engagement ring. She was sad without her knowing. So he proposed... Got Maybe married. He's like, yo, yo, you're, it. it's all locked down. I'm going <laughs> to use this for some extra cash. Yeah. Oh, sad. Um, and he actually constantly was begging her parents for money because I guess she came from a pretty wealthy family herself. Oh, so maybe like a calculated marriage. Yeah. Um, And for extra money, he actually manufactured nitroglycerin, which we know what that is now, in their home, constructing a laboratory on their front porch. So, okay. as I And that's not a drug, right? Like, that's like for rockets. It's, so for, that, it's for explosives. Yeah. People would or vasodilator, evidently. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not like a. It's not like he's like, yeah. What's that cooking up recreational drug yeah like a a cookhouse no 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 he was just creating like explosives in their home and you weren't supposed to have home laboratories you're still not right i was just gonna say (laughs) you're like he was just doing yeah just making and as i mentioned in the beginning just a little spoiler he does die in a home laboratory explosion so right maybe we shouldn't have been fucking around in the first place i feel like okay my hot take i know that there's controversy i feel like he just fucked up and died yeah and i feel like that's easier to believe and probably more realistic but but i think you're gonna change your mind she just gave me a look like Um, Okay, and so the second breakthrough, apart from having met his first partner, was that the research group at Caltech made their first liquid fuel motor test that took place near a canyon in Pasadena called the Arroyo Seco Canyon. So it was such a great explosion they couldn't actually do it in the laboratory because they were like, we have no idea the scale this will be at. Right. Of like firing a rocket engine or a prototype. Burn burn down the university. Yeah. And the Arroyo Seco Canyon was actually otherwise called the Devil's Gate, which Jack Parsons thought was really interesting. Mm. And they did this test on Halloween night, actually, Mm. in 1936. Okay. So we're starting to see just like some auspicious things. I was just going to say, it's not just because he wants to make rocket shit. He no. wants to like summon, summon the devil. some demons. Yeah. Or like you to use some sort of supernatural forces. Summon to make... the demons, bitch. This <laughs> is like a Swifty thing. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Carly? <laughs> is this Carly? <laughs> um, and so in this moment, they had three attempts to fire rockets that all failed. And on the fourth one, they actually ignited a serious explosion that perilously billowed fire at the group. Which led Ooh. them to testing future experiments back at a rocket testing facility on campus. Oh, there was a rocket testing facility on campus and they <laughs> Even, still went out to like Devil's Crater. Or whatever yeah, it was like, we need to fucking go to this place because it's called Devil's Gate. <laughs> yeah, It's a sign. This is going to be lit. This is going to be lit. <laughs> the three of us just guys being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Frank, Edward and Jack became well known on the Caltech campus because of how dangerous their exper- experiments were as the Suicide Squad. They had many near-death experiences for some of their experiments, and it attracted a lot of attention from the local press. So again, I reiterate that Jack Parsons not formally educated. He was kind of a bit of a little shit, and he is getting a ton of clout at this time. Okay? How so old he's is getting, he now? I'm not, sh- I'm not certain exactly, but I would say but he's like in, he's in, he'd, he'd be in his 20s. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
He also gained further media attention publicly when he appeared as an expert explosives witness in a trial of Captain Earl Kaina, who was the head of the police intelligence in Los Angeles, who was accused of conspiring to set a car bomb in the attempted murder of private investigator Harry Raymond, a former LAPD detective. And Kaina was actually largely convicted on Jack Parsons' testimony, which included his forensic reconstruction of the car bomb and its explosion. So we start to see him getting like some huge clout here. I was just going to say, like, but with what qualifications? None. Literally none. He's blowing so shit up annoying. at a canyon. He's a bit like a bit sketchy. Yeah. He has a home laboratory. He almost kills himself like four times he and then he's like himself. an expert witness in a trial. And he's part of this group that's otherwise known as the Suicide Squad. Which right. I just don't think is like a great... Because like, they're almost dying all they're the time. They're almost dying and possibly killing other people. Who knows? Right. Just d- d- putting people at danger, I would say. Right. But he's an expert. But he's an expert. Because he's a white man. He's I'm a just white man. I'm really on my patriarchy bullshit. Right <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. As you should be. Um. So Jack's identity as an expert scientist in the public eye was kind of established by this point despite his lack of university education so he's started from the bottom now we hear kind of thing (laughs) seriously um and so by early 1938 the group had made their first static rocket motor which originally burned for three seconds and ran for over a minute which was kind of a big deal and further than anyone was getting However, they started to make friends with someone who was rather controversial at this time, especially given the times politically. As we know, it's the Great Depression. World War II is coming, inevitably so. Yep. Um, Another scientist became involved in Galsit. Galsit? At Caltech. His name was Sidney Weinbaum. (laughs) Um, He was a refugee from Europe and was a very vocal communist and Marxist. So it's a very big no-no because the USSR is a huge threat to the United States at this time. Right. He led the members of the group in their creation of a largely secretive communist discussion group at Caltech, which became known professionally as Unit 122, which is so Soviet sounding, (laughs) of the Pasadena Communist Party. And although Jack subscribed to Marxist and Lenin ideologies, he refused to join the American Communist Party, which caused tensions in the group coupled by a lack of funding and led to the disintegration of the Galset Research Group. Oh, so like Suicide Squad broken up. Suicide Squad broken up, okay? okay. There's still a couple members in the Galset Research Group. Of course, Jack Parsons is one of them, but they lost a lot of members and a lot of funding and clout wow. because they were just starting to align with like communists and things that the right. U.S. government was like, nah, right. I ain't about that life. This was good timing because the Suicide Squad started getting a terrible reputation at Caltech because they had these next level explosions and noise pollutions that their experiments caused. And although they were given a $10,000 rocket research Research grant, which is a lot of money back then, yeah. from the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, more than a quarter of that went to repairing damages made to Caltech facilities. Okay, which is about fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars today. Oh shit, which is a lot. So shall this is why you don't let random, uh, <laughs> random volunteers, unqualified people blow shit up at a sought-after university. This is why we have rules time. now. It's why we have rules now, and, and yeah. there's always one person that's got to ruin it for everybody. I was going to say though, we had, I was going to say we had some, we had some students that were in our lab like within the boundaries of rules What's like, <laughs> On like legitimately in the lab yeah yes. <laughs> who almost like burned down the lab so it's true and you know what i was just gonna say <laughs> jackie <laughs> i was also out. gonna say um when our supervisor gets mad at me that i have expensive reagents yeah seriously or like break an odd bit of glassware yeah it's like yep. i'm not charging sixty thousand dollars yeah so. it could be worse could be worse john could be worse, could be worse john <laughs> but he'll gain things from us it's true he like, has we're already like we're already funny yeah or yeah. that too <laughs> <laughs> like we're con- we're we're at the very least because <laughs> we're entertaining <laughs> entertaining yes <laughs> okay so us. despite the dam and, and the tensions in the group they did actually succeed at this time in building a rocket fueled assisted takeoff rocket known as jado 
today. Jado. Okay? So first ever rocket, field-assisted takeoff rocket. Rocket. And right around the turn of World War II, the United States Air Force got wind of the work by Jack and his band of geeks, and the government actually hired Jack and his friends to design and create what was called the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, or the JPL, which years later has become the foundation of NASA. Okay? Oh, cool. So they basically formed NASA at this I time. didn't know that NASA was formed during the war times. Yeah, I guess like it's a derivative of NASA, I guess you could say. Right. Like the it's now become NASA today and was right. the main sort of source of it, but this laboratory. The beginning. The beginnings of it. Yep, yes. Yep, yep, yep. It was not yet the North American Space Agency, of course. I just realized that we started a podcast called <laughs> Historically Bad and I don't know shit about history. That's why I was like, we should maybe do a history episode. Yeah, you're teaching <laughs> I'm literally learning right now. Like okay. shit I should know. Okay, and I well know I'm glad you're learning because I'm 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 fucking lying to you. <laughs> Jack Persons doesn't I'm glad exist. you're learning because I'm just, <laughs> I'm spewing straight bullshit I'm at you. Right now. Not fast. <laughs> I'm gonna go out into the, into the real world and be like, oh yeah, but the, the, the I know board. so much about how NASA <laughs> yeah. was created, and it's like, Carly, this, who the fuck is Jack Parsons? It's like, maybe it's maybe this it's whole surprise podcast. that you couldn't find much on Wikipedia because literally, I planted this story. I was just gonna say this whole podcast is just Tab's like mastermind <laughs> plan to go make me look like an idiot in public. <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so much for your PhD. No one's going to respect anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blasting it and putting it on the internet. <laughs> Never going to take it down. Um, so we now have this like really sought after laboratory becomes NASA later. So Jack is finally starting to become really wealthy again. Oh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. He made so much money by doing this that he was able to buy a mansion in Pasadena called the Parsonage that he called it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so fucking self-indulgent. What is, isn't parsonage like a real the word? Uh, maybe. Parsonage meaning a church house provided for a member of the clergy. <laughs> so the parsonage, the reason why I know about this is because there's, there's like, a, there was like oh, a famous murder if in a parsonage. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait, why do I know about a parsonage? In- in the true crime yeah, realm. Because you're a connoisseur of true this crime. This is a counterclock plug. Maybe that's why that makes a lot more sense why he called it the Parsonage. So thank you for that little... Yeah, because he because this is actually like occultism. He's like, that's a little bit like egotistical of him to be <laughs> yeah, like, it's true. the Parsonage because I am the church bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which he kind of... Wait, just, just wait. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so everything seems kosher for Jack. He's an unorthodox genius, despite working as a janitor. LOL. Not oh, true. <laughs> well, fake news. Uh, he was successfully designing rockets and was happily married. He wasn't. I was just going to say. And he created his own laboratory called the Jet Propulsion Laboratory or the JPL. Hmm. Okay. So we think everything's going okay for him. It's not. It's not. And this is how it appeared. Okay. So to most people, Jack appeared to be this logical scientific mind, but little did anyone know, including Jack's closest friends and colleagues, that Jack was leading a double life casting magic spells at night. Yes. In his parsonage. In his parsonage. (laughs) (laughs) I am the church, bitch. (laughs) Wait, every every time we have an, every time we get together, I just feel like I'm thinking of like things we could put on a t shirt. And one is I'm on my patriarchy bullshit and yeah, the I other love that. one is I am the church bitch. <laughs> I love that everything is like with the vested interest of having merch. Eventually. Yes, it is. And also all of it will have curse words on it. We will not be this is not a children's podcast. Do not share this with your children. Okay, so all this came about his magical spell era, his occultism, just right. like we're diving deep here. Um, as he met this man who was a self-proclaimed magician mm. named Alistair Crowley. So just Ooh. a little bit of a side thing. If you were like ever bored, Google this man. Always He's bored. wildly interesting and, and wacky. Cool. So Alistair Crowley founded the occultist religion known as Thelema and referred to himself as the beast who could summon magical creatures or demons to come to his aid. 
Ooh. This is literally quote unquote. This so, is culty though. It's very culty. Okay. Basically what the religion was centered on um, was on a statement of do what thou wilt, which is a way of manifesting your desires into reality. The Lima has no shortage of spooky or paranormal activities to it. And even though they believed in magic, this just wasn't in the form of like card tricks and parlor games and whatever. Right. Like guess what hit card I have in my hand. Um, they also believed in what was called sex magic. Oh, okay. so sex magic. You heard that right. That is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Love it. They believe that the intense feeling you get during orgasm opens the gate to a new reality. And in this moment, when you're in the process of, you know, you are capable of performing a magic spell. Okay. <laughs> yep. All they really needed to do to be able to perform a spell in the sex magic was to focus on their intention whilst having sex and their wish would come true because it was put out into the universe. Oh, nice. Yeah. So manifest a little bit, but also put some sex magic in Yeah, there. but like do it while you're having sex. Manifest destiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So just quickly, I just want to contextualize this. Um, it's probably no surprise to anyone that Aleister Crowley, the creator of this religion, was addicted to sex. Okay. <laughs> and said, and I quote, Multiple up to 10 orgasms a day were not enough to satisfy him and his magical needs. So that's why he started a cult so that he could have sex all the time. Literally. And I be feel like this, this is, is un- like this every is cult ever is to like convince people that they need to have what sex What they're doing you. is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he actually began experimenting with drugs and became addicted to heroin, which ended up being the end of him anyways. So. Oh. But he did create this cult that Jack Parsons was like, I'm into this shit. Okay. So the cult still exists posthumously. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> academic word. I love it. Thank you. Um, so fascinated with the occult and Aleister Crowley's creation of Thelemic religion, this was the birth of his own group that Jack Parsons led at the Parsonage. Okay. Yes. Parsonage. <laughs> at the Parsonage. All I can think about is that Justin Bieber song where he's like, on God. Because <laughs> we're like at the parsonage. <laughs> parsonage is so fucking funny. Yeah, like, what is. a man. I just think that's so funny because it's like there's so many layers to naming your home the parsonage when you're not actually attached to a church, but like your name is Parsons also. And then on top just of like that, a happy accident. Like that's like me being like calling this like the fucking temple. Like that would be like so. I mean, that's it's so self indulgent. It, right? it is to be like my house is where it's at. Yeah, like you will find god yeah. and or anything and or sex magic here yes. it turns out yeah so he's so fascinated with the occult and with alistair crowley this was the birth of his own group that he led and the man responsible for starting the jpl that would later become nasa would soon become known for hosting insanely large orgies at his mansion oh okay <laughs> okay like consensual or was it like come join my cult like brainwashing i think, like, taking uh, I think there's some brainwashing going on yeah okay, there yeah, is okay. some i mean it's a cult I think most of it. So um, I actually Googled what an orgy was. <laughs> Why did you Google it? <laughs> I've never like, Googled, what? but if there's a proper definition. It's true. There is. So oh, okay. um, I did Google. So um, <laughs> I love I love the way this episode is taking a turn. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Um, so I Googled what an orgy was because I was like, what? Uh, how many an people is an orgy, basically? Oh, was, like, was, yeah. Was, like, how many does it take to become a serial yeah. killer? Like, kind of thing. Like, how many yeah. people is an orgy? How many exactly. people is just... Yeah. Like, is it just a, is it just a foursome? Okay, could I guess? An orgy now? I feel yeah. like I feel like an orgy is any people more than three like four and above orgy it's actually five that's oh. a close guess though what do you call four person foursome. oh foursome right yeah exactly because there's five some you can't say five some <laughs> that's just awkward <laughs> that's just like that's semantics i guess but. i wish that the foursome was called something cool like tetrad or like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i had to google it because i had no idea what an orgy was yeah well now we know <laughs> now we know and i do have to like also say that my husband and i share a device so i was like yo 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 i googled what an orgy was <laughs> Wait, when you were saying <laughs> i i i'm like a laptop <laughs> my, my face and you were like i have to say my husband and i and i was like what are you what about to <laughs> oh i hope our audience is like holding on for this i was making eye contact with you and i was like are you gonna say that aloud 
<laughs> Tom, are you sure? Either way, everything's editable. You, you share you share a device on the internet. So we share a laptop. Google yes. Yeah. So we saw. Well, he, I knew he was going to, and I was just like, FYI, like just I googled so you know. what an orgy was, and he was actually like, cool. What is it? Like he was very unfazed by this. Yeah, he, he wants like, to learn too. And he was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. All right well, he is an day. academic at heart. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and apparently Jack was known for hosting big time ragers, like a large number of attendees. Okay. Okay. So like so he like, wasn't just having orgies. Sex he parties. Was having, like massive sex parties. Yeah. Okay. Like with multiple rooms, you like offset. Like okay, yeah. this is like Everybody where we toys. Keys and like, fish like, bowl vibes. Yeah. Every room has a different like kink that they explore. I think so. Yeah. 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 It's I've like, never been to a sex party. <laughs> you, you know an odd bit about <laughs> well, it. There's a lot of true crime. Okay. So that's how I know. About I feel it. like true crime is really like people that are having sex parties are probably also like, killers for sure. Well, and oh, like I mean, also, no shade, I guess, but well, that's the thing is, I think like I feel like sex parties and stuff are so like stigmatized and and push aside out of society so that's where like crime yeah that's true overlaps with it yeah usually you're up to other shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure for sure for sure um so he was so influential among his followers at the parsonage that he essentially started his own commune where everyone paid a hundred dollars a month to live at his mansion otherwise called the parsonage lodge have you seen that movie wonderlust with like um, oh, I've heard of it. It's Jennifer oh, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston and Paul Rudd. Yeah, and he goes yeah. like, he has a moment in the mirror where he's like, I'm supposed to put my dick in. Yeah, <laughs> similar vibes, similar vibes. Like, okay. people are just like having sex all over the place, yeah. like random Naked. strangers. And it's all for the purposes of summoning, right. manifesting Higher things power. into the universe. Yeah. Mm. So, this type of tomfoolery, so to speak, led him to be under investigation very quickly by both the Pasadena Police Department and the FBI. So, this started mm. to create some issues for him. The FBI gives yeah. a shit about this rocket man who has a sex call. Like, so why he must be is, doing shady shit. <laughs> why this is the FBI and the Pasadena local police department. So, like, right. federal and fucking yeah, like state the police. FBI certainly has bigger fish to fry like <laughs> so, but so also true. like you want to see people that are culty and taken okay, down so why so. this is and, and this kind of comes in a little bit later is because he was big time communist so they thought oh, okay. he might have been a threat to national security right. which we find like out a, later like terrorist yeah, or like, like a, a spy yeah, like a espionage vibes yeah espionage absolutely vibe. spy you're right absolutely spy, spy, spy. um so both of these departments received allegations of black magic involved in sexual orgies that were happening at the parsonage and so there's two complainants that were really big for them to investigate jack parsons around what he was doing in his extracurricular time so to speak one complainant was a 16 year old boy who said that he was actually sexually assaulted by one of the lodge members mm-hmm. so some sad shit going on here and one of the other neighbors had actually reported a ritual involving a naked pregnant woman jumping through a fire jesus so they were like we should probably look into this this is not safe <laughs> it's not safe this yet. is the thing like these types of things are just like a breeding ground for crime and taking advantage of people and like a thousand percent impressionable yep. young adults that's a footnote there, actually. Mm. So after Parsons explained the lodge was simply an organization dedicated to religious and philosophical speculation. Eye roll. Did you see my eye? You can hear my I, eye roll. I can hear it, truly. That's how strong it was. Uh, neither agency found evidence of illegal activity and came to the What's conclusion. The you have to catch them. Like, it's not like, it's exactly. not like they're just illegal, just like having Again, an organization. it's so hard to prove sexual assault and stuff, right? So it's Especially really back in the day. Oh, my god. And even now. Like, and even now. Way, like, let's just take a fucking tangent to rant true, about yeah. that shit and the justice system as a whole which we talked about last, yeah. last episode so um, up. so yeah neither agency found evidence of illegal activity and came to the conclusion that the parsonage lodge <laughs> constituted no threat to national security I mean, like, just because they're not a threat to national security doesn't mean there's, like, not bad shit going on. <laughs> so there. true. Like, it's super fucking illegal, but it's not, like, the Russian people coming at you or, I don't know. I think it's just, like, at the time, U.S., because it was around the around World War II, they were constantly worried about just, like, they were super nationalistic. Right. And what, what will be the fall or the folly of America. Right. And, and not think, so much caring about this. Which citizens. is really sad because I'm sure, like, if you even 
think about some of your true crime documentaries and things yep. that you've listened to. I bet you a lot of it was happening in a similar timeline. Oh, actually. yeah. Well, and back in the, in that time, there was not a lot of like good record keeping or like, like right. you say, reporting of things. Like the fact that you're, you're telling me that someone actually came forward with a, like a claim of sexual assault is like a pretty big fucking deal, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, so there was sure. like not that many reports of it. Not good like record keeping. There wasn't even good like um crime solving tools. That's a dumb that's a dumb <laughs> way to say that. But you know what I mean? Like invest like forensics, forensics and yeah. shit like that. Like there wasn't a lot of like science and it was all like clue shit. It was like it was like clue. Like when you hear about this, I don't really like to like talk about a lot of like historical murders, but we will eventually in this podcast talk about them because it's like fucking cool and historically bad and yeah. and historically bad. But part <laughs> of the reason why they're so fun to talk about is because it's so hard to fucking solve because there was just no forensics. There was no this. There was no that. It's all just like he said, she said. He was over here. Maybe this report was this. Like it's just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and it's really unfortunate because I bet you it allowed for a lot of like perpetrators of crime oh. to just fucking do what they wanted. The wild, wild west out there. Yeah, it is. It really and it was. Is. It was. It was. California's in the West, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> um, so Jack gets the FBI off his back for now, right? And then he. But did he get any charges out of that? Like, where? Not out any? of that that I know of. Right. Not out of like sexual misconduct or sexual assault or harassment or anything like that. Right. It's, so sorry. He gets more so investigated later for things related to national security, espionage, right? USSR, all these different conspiracy theories that still right. have not really been proved. But but they were like, okay, you're not actually a threat to national security, so carry on. Yeah, they were like, whatever, you're do fine. whatever. We'll just turn a blind eye. Simple. Yeah, it's true. So he started being a heavy user of alcohol and marijuana. Um, but he also habitually used cocaine, amphetamines, peyote, and opioids. Oh, so he started to become like a mad drug addict. Right. I think just because like either it was helping him transcend. I'm right. not sure exactly why. Yeah. Or it could just be like so many different things. Pressure of society. The possibility of maybe him um, contemplating his existence? sexuality, oh, his existence, stuff like that. He continued to have sexual relations with multiple women, and he actually ended up having uh, sexual relations with one man's wife that he reportedly got pregnant and insisted that she get an abortion and paid for it. So oh. not a particularly good dude, I don't uh, think. But At this and point, he's not married anymore, right? Um, He still is, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, His first wife still? First wife still, yeah. Okay. So at his most insane, he was not just having intercourse with these women. He was actually masturbating onto what he called magic tablets, which I actually had, I have no idea what that oh, is, no. to invoke paranormal activities, okay? So okay, like just... nobody was eating them. When <laughs> no, you said magic no. tablets. <laughs> I don't think like consumable tablets. When you said I that, I like... thought he was like feeding his masses with like, uh, oh God, <laughs> that, I, I hope to God that's not what it is. I couldn't find out like exactly what these magic tablets were, but <laughs> I think it was more like a Ouija board. Like a like talisman. A... Yeah, 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 yes, exactly. Um, and so, not surprisingly, this is fucked. At the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm learning about science. This is fun. Same. And I'm I was like, like, whoa. It and I and I kind of was like hoping to take that journey and trajectory oh, of great. like, cool. He did some cool stuff, but he also did some fucked up shit. Yeah. Okay, so as you mentioned, Helen Northup, his first wife at the time, was not into this sort of thing. Okay, she'd not move into the and commune. She's like, who the fuck did I marry? So, despite the fact that the bastard pawned her engagement ring, and he was obviously like an award-winning husband, and I say. Right with extreme sarcasm really great husband yeah um she bailed and she was like i'm out i'm leaving oh, you good and for she her. divorced him so bye felicia that's good for stressful you. but yeah. she came from the family with money so hopefully she's okay yes hopefully she's okay so obviously jack never found love again <laughs> <laughs> just kidding oh <laughs> i was like sucks a suck babe. yeah no he actually ended up sleeping with her sister shortly thereafter Sarah Northup Hollister, which began an affair that led to their marriage. And I would also like the record to show that she was 17 years old when this happened. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's so gross. She also very much. That means he knew her for a long time. Very much as a an, long time. As an actual child. And was probably and then later, like a predator and also was putting ideas and theories into her head. Because seriously, impressionably young. Impressionably young. And she started to believe in the occult stuff. Uh, yes. Well, he's also like, a, he's like a, like someone who she's told to trust and respect. Like her, her sister's husband. Like that's her someone you're supposed to. Yeah. Given him a lot of clout. Power. And power. Yeah. And mental. she's like, I'm obsessed with you. I love you. And she's a 17 year old girl that probably is like, <laughs> this is her first crush and her first love. And yep. anyway, so she very much believed in the occult and unlike her sister enjoyed participating in these orgies. And Jack was one of the many, many men that she practiced sex magic with as a fucking teenager. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's disturbing. That's probably just like one of many young people that he manipulated oh for sure so at one of these rendezvous sarah and jack so sarah being his new wife as i mentioned met a very esteemed guest so this was science fiction writer l ron hubbard so if this is a name that is familiar to you it's because you've deep dived into the birth of scientology (laughs) shout out tom cruise so l ron hubbard is the creator of scientology however prior to creating this he was a science fiction writer and one of the few writers that centered a lot of his work on sending people to space okay okay so naturally he was like jack's kind of peeps i was just gonna say uh, connections so many connections um so yes jack is obsessed with l ron hubbard they meet and he invites him to every one of his parties you know the sex right. kind so around this time Jax becomes obsessed with this idea in thelema the occultist religion that he subscribes to which right. is the possibility of summoning a particular goddess okay so nice. he's like i got my following we're gonna fucking work together summon we're gonna a summon a goddess nice. and this goddess is named babylon okay she is known in the Thelema cult as representing the female sexual impulse and the liberated woman, and she's also identified with Mother Earth in her most fertile sense. Okay. okay. So kind of Greek mythology vibes, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obsessed with the idea of summoning the goddess of Babylon and having quite a following at this time, as I mentioned, he asked his followers to participate in a project called the Babylon Working. So he thought that through all the sex magic, he could summon the goddess Babylon, who was a Thelemic messiah. And in these rituals, he and L. Ron Hubbard, Scientology guy, would work together while, quote, Parsons would jerk off in the name of spiritual advancement of the Babylon goddess, while Hubbard would scan the astral planes for sign and visions. And they would do this in front of, I guess, so a, a, many. An audience. The parsonage. Yeah. The parsonage. <laughs> the center of this whole endeavor was the idea that by summoning the goddess, she would give birth to a metaphorical child that would not be tied to the terrestrial plane and we travel into space instead of holding on to the comforts of earth baby jesus space edition it's <laughs> so no surprise this whole endeavor and his entire parsonage and everything that he aligned with at the time didn't really bode well for jack so his extracurricular activities led him to be fired from his job at the jet propulsion laboratory in the late 1940s good and ironically l ron hubbard stole his wife sarah and in what jack thought was a business venture with hubbard he stole a good bit of jack's fortune that he never got back and he went to go found his own occultist religion scientology scientology yes right so steals his girl steals his money right like peace and then jack is abandoned by his community and loses his job as he should because he's like a weirdo sex cult a sex cult possibly predator as we're finding out well actually very definitively a predator well now i feel like this gives a little bit of like like a good light on scientology it's like scientology was born when they were like no i can't do this shit anymore (laughs) gotta find a better solution (laughs) and it is still like a lot of people believe in scientology yeah a lot of celebrities right so it bothers me that it's called scientology because that sounds like objectively a cool fucking thing like i want to subscribe to scientology like (laughs) and i kind of think it like makes a mockery of like what we do as scientists yeah because it's not does it's really not backed in science at all but i think he was like i love science fiction i'm gonna call my religion scientology and now we can never call ourselves 
loves like Scientologists. We have to be scientists, which is fucking boring. It is. Like I love to change that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so seeing as so many women were obsessed with Jack and he had quite a bit of a following still at this time, he met another woman named Marjorie Cameron, who was an actress and artist, and she was apparently extremely beautiful. Is this actually Marjorie, like Taylor Swift's grandma? Um, maybe. What if it was? That, that would, would be, be like the wild. Do you, do you know those theories that this is actually a really good thing to bring up in this episode? That there's these theories that Taylor Swift is like a reincarnated. I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna look this shit up because you're gonna like it. You're gonna love it. Is Taylor Swift a clone of the celebrity Satanist Zena LaVey? This, like, look, doesn't that look like Taylor Swift? Oh, so much. And you know yeah. what? This is a perfect tangent for what we're talking about that's because what I mean. why I say this is that's a great segue. Um, Jack Parsons thought Marjorie Cameron was the Babylon incarnate goddess. Oh. Yes. Okay, so this is actually really, actually very tangential to what we're talking about and because. Probably yeah, very relevant. This is um, the daughter of the man who founded the Church of Satan in 1966. Shit, And she published a book called Demons of the Flesh, The Complete Guide to the Left Hand Path Sex Magic. Oh, shit. This has got to be the same people. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, this is... Okay, so this, to be clear, this is not Taylor Swift's grandmother, but what I mean is <laughs> this this woman Who looks just like Taylor Swift like and Taylor everyone thinks that she successfully reincarnated What's her herself. Zena LaVey. If anybody wants to go Google Yeah, if you want to look that shit up. Anyway, it's it's hilarious, like an off-the-rails theory that <laughs> Taylor Swift is like actually a daughter of Satan. Anyway, she's not. She's, she's perfect. Not. She's an but, angel. But, wild. We love her. I just love any opportunity to bring up Taylor Swift, so... Which, keep doing it. I'm, yeah. a, I'm here for it, too. Jack describes his attraction to Marjorie Cameron as being so intense that for the first few weeks they knew each other, they spent an entire 14 days straight having sex. Oh, shit. Yeah. Pop off. No surprise, Marjorie was more than a bit eccentric and believed she visioned the coming apocalypse. And naturally, Jack married her. So he was like, um, I love Twin that flame. you think that. Twin flame. Yeah. yeah. So, wife number three. What was her name again? Marjorie Cameron. I'm going to look up a picture of her. She's really beautiful. She was. like, I'm not going to lie. She looks a bit like a witch. Yeah, I can see that. Like a sexy witch. Look at her. Here she looks like, if for the times, like that's a great, she looks objectively yeah. quite pretty there. Okay, so meets Marjorie Cameron, wife number three, very much in love, have sex for 14 days straight. That's somehow possible. Yeah. So if we fast forward a bit, in 1950, we start to see the birth of what was called the McCarthy era or McCarthyism, okay? okay? And so what this was, was the political repression and persecution of left-wing individuals in a campaign spreading fear of alleged communist and Soviet influence on American institutions and of Soviet espionage in the United States during the late 1940s. 40s through to the 1950s. Okay. McCarthy era. So the FBI at this time was investigating anyone that had suspicions of having ties to communist Russia or the USSR. And so the FBI started to again investigate Jack. Okay. And probably around this time it was because he was a bit on their radar with his weird sex occult parties. But why he was truly investigated was because one day he took home papers should just claim that um, after he was let go from the JPL where he rather later got a job at the Hughes Aircraft Company which okay. was a major American aerospace and defense contractor so he got okay. another job okay. okay but why he was truly investigated by the fbi was because one day he took home papers from his new employer on rocket engines he took these home thief. yeah thief, thief right and klepto steals things when he works for the hercules powder company steals things when he works for the aircraft company all these different things just right klepto blown up toilets all these things sex yep. just a strange man yep um so he took home some important documents from the hughes aircraft company that he stole and mm-hmm. the right people got a hold of this and suspected that he was supplying information to the ussr on rocket engines mm. okay just because he took it? 
just because he took it. But I think it was also because like he was a known Marxist. Also, one of the right. things just to like contextualize here, he thought that Thelema, the occultist religion, would be the downfall of Christianity. And this was like Christianity is very tied to American right. culture and, and history at this right. time. So right? He was so just anti-American. He was just basically anti-American. And then he's also like designing rocket engines. He's quite a genius. He's having these weird sex cult parties. They're summoning the devil. Right. Maybe like not a guy we want to yep. be associating with, or at least yeah. we should look into things that yeah, he's check doing. Him out. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, there's no way this fucking man is like, uh, ha- has an organized plan against the United States True. of America. But at the time, I guess it makes sense that they were like, this is the enemy. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and also like if you were into science and science fiction and rocketry and stuff, which was like still deemed kind of like, uh, yeah, okay, like we're never going to space kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're so fucking patriotic space about program. the fucking moon. Yeah. Like, exactly. how they went true. to the moon. They and put their that, flag on that stay shit. Stay tuned. Yeah, it's true. Because mm-hmm. it's like they beat Russia. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, I think the North American Space Agency is is something they're incredibly proud of right. right so but like at the time they're like this guy's a fucking spy for I sure i wonder if now they like poo poo or like stifle all the history of nasa like um, they, definitely they don't really celebrate this part of the history i think they're like yeah that's a good point and mm-hmm. we'll get to that okay so jack got wind that he was being investigated by the fbi and he was overarchingly accommodating and actually voluntarily showed up to the fbi offices to explain that he took the documents home because he wanted to give examples of his past work to apply to a new job in israel okay? oh okay um <laughs> this didn't help his case at all however because it was assumed that he was now a spy for the Israeli government okay. and so this finally sort of blacklisted him from the field of aeronautics he was let go from his job of the Hughes Aircraft Company and he was never able to get an aeronautics job again oh shit yeah so they were like yo this dude's like up to some suspicious shit yeah and so as I mentioned we they actually just didn't want them to get to space first well I think the space race wasn't a thing yet but oh, I okay. think they were still like any sort of information supplied to anybody else besides the American government was right. dangerous in, in, in nature yeah so fast forward 1951 his career was nearly over and his third marriage was falling apart right Right. so he was no longer raking in the dough he had three failed marriages and he did just a little bit of odd work i will say as an explosive consultant for this for sets in hollywood but his days of working were somewhat behind him as these gigs were just kind of few and far between. Right. He ended not up, a lot of blowing shit up. In not Hollywood. a lot of blowing shit up. Yeah. So he's finally cut off. He ended up working at a local gas station for extra income eventually for a short period of time. He worked the night shift. That is true. It's not like the janitor story. He actually did. <laughs> he also continued to rent out rooms in his home for money. And this was kind of less related to his sex cult endeavors and more related to just like him being a landlord and earning some cash. Okay. Fast forward to June of 1952. He was given a specific assignment from a movie director where he was told to create multiple explosions for a movie. They'd also asked him to hurry because they were running on an extremely tight schedule. Mm. Ironically, rush some explosive design. Rush, that's a good idea. That seems sus as fuck, yeah. yeah. Ironically, one of his tenants at the time that was living with him and was renting out one of the rooms said, and I quote, be careful or you'll blow us all up. Mm. He chuckled and reassured that everything would be fine. And I mentioned he also has a home laboratory at this time. Okay, so his okay. home laboratory legacy lives on. Right. He says everything's going to be fine. And an hour later, in his lab, in his home, huge explosion. He was still alive, but half of his face was completely torn off. He was rushed to the hospital and died moments later from his injuries at oh, 37 shit. years old. Okay, so this, so he was like making explosives for the movie. A movie, but director, he was like, yeah. it wasn't on set that he blew shit up. He no. like was practicing at home, making shit, shit at or home. making it, rushing it. Blew and they, shit up. and ironically, this is why I think. And then there's more to it, but everybody was like, this is a conspiracy because like. Since when do you need to like rush explosives for a particular Hollywood movie and, and all right. these things just kind of didn't line up to the possibility that this was like a planned murder. Okay. So as I mentioned at the beginning, his death would be ruled an accident, but many elements around this explosion are still a mystery. 
He had so many years of experience under his belt, specifically mixing chemicals and making bombs and explosives. Right. It's unlikely he would have... Like, accidentally killed himself. Like, yeah. I, I feel like there's... You were talking about how he almost killed himself, like, a bunch of times when he was fucking, yeah. like, 17, Suicide 18, squad 20. Yeah, yeah, like, when he was a young child. Like, now he's, like, he's actually good at this shit now. Yeah, he's, like... He's, he's like, founding the shit that is now still being used. So, like, yeah. he knows what the fuck he's doing He now. knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, I mean, he's blowing shit up in his grandparents' age of 12, creates a rocket engine, all of these yeah. different things that make him an expert this in the like, field. This is like 20 years later 20 years later like exactly he's, he's like he's no longer just a fucking so people are like child. there's no way this is this is an accident yeah okay. i mean accidents still happen you know even in yeah, and if he was field, desperate but... if he was desperate and he was like i can do it on a short time schedule whatever like yeah I can get it maybe he just like was really hoping to regain some of his reputation yeah. that he had lost yeah. some people however think that there's no way he could have made it this careless mistake and that after three failed marriages several jobs lost no formal education earned and an fbi investigation on espionage mm-hmm. that he was feeling low that he killed himself so people thought that's probably what happened right however this has been partially debunked as many people believe that if he wanted to kill himself he would have perfectly crafted a bomb that would have taken his life right away rather right. than let him suffering for hours on the way to the hospital yeah that's true yes right so plus like why would he even take that job if he knew he was gonna off himself yeah Sorry, unless like he a wanted a terrible way to talk about suicide yes unless he wanted to frame it as that because i imagine just like it is today suicide has a lot of stigma right mm. So, even most controversial is some people... But you know what else has stigma? Sex cults. Right. And he didn't give a fuck about that. He didn't that. give a fuck about that. Underage relationships. Yeah. Scientology. Yeah. Science fiction. Like, he But he would probably care. He would probably care about his, like, legacy his legacy in on. terms of science. So, like, yeah, he I would probably so. give a fuck. And not, like, the fact that he's going to go down or that we think he just, like, fucked up a bomb one day and killed himself accidentally, that, like, would probably bother him. Yeah, that people I thought think he so. just fucked up. I think if he had any sort of say in that, he wouldn't want that to be his legacy. He would do a better job. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, uh, even most controversial however some people think that someone wanted him dead they snuck into his lab to tamper with his chemicals and most people believe that this was the u.s government yes this is certainly a conspiracy theory but isn't out of the realm of possibilities it's actually almost too convenient that jack parsons blew himself up right at the start of the cold war yeah he knew plenty of government secrets about their space program with his experience at the jpl yeah and the aircraft company and he was showing signs of wanting to flee his country not to mention he outright denounced capitalism on one point and he on more than one occasion was interested in marxism communism and often aligned with the idea that occultism could be used to take down christianity Right. And it, it doesn't even have to be like an organized like silencing by the government. It could just be anyone that finally was like, you know what, I'm going to fucking solve this problem for the United States. 100%. Because it would be so easy just to fuck with his like like his chemicals and shit. It's true. Yep, it's true. Like, how would you ever know? How would you ever prove yeah, it? Like in our lab, how would you know if someone just swapped out all our shit for water? You would know. <laughs> you would know until like, I guess your, your experiments failed. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did to your PCR, your whole degree, by the way. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you owe John thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, so Parsons was an unorthodox genius and talented rocket scientist. He was capable of making any rocket engine or bomb better than any US government official could have ever done so. Yeah. So it's very possible they feared him and who he could sell his services to. Especially during the Cold War. Especially during the Cold War. Yeah, but War. why wouldn't they just really try to like pull him in you know <laughs> like, like when they really try to be like okay, they, they didn't want to align with like the sex cult magic stuff they were like right. we can't have this person as part of our community right oh i love a con- i love a conspiracy about the government just so like killing I. people yeah there is some good there's some good ones this is a really good one this is a good one yeah yeah so before his death he credited his success with rocket science as being tied to his belief in occultism right and this because was he's a sent because he like is fucking like fucking got the babylon bitch and yeah he was like yeah like this all worked <laughs> baby jesus and this was science. seen yeah <laughs> baby jesus science edition yeah, yeah. 
And this was seen as an embarrassment to the aeronautical community. And if this got out, it would completely ruin the credibility of the U.S. Space Agency. Right. Okay. So the government was already having a tough time fixing the economy after the war, raising taxes, um, that they didn't need someone raving about sex magic and its involvement in designing what is now the basis of NASA. And sadly, the credibility of the Space Agency only increased after he was dead. So that's why they think right. like, they just need to get rid of him. Yeah, they want their space shit to have clout. Yeah. You know it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so later, NASA actually named one of uh, the craters on the moon after Jack Parsons. However, <laughs> it was ironically on the dark side of the moon, which is very much how they felt about his contribution to the field. I was just going to say, they're like, okay, fine. I guess we'll cave. We'll, we'll give, give him in. one. So Jack Parsons, although eccentric, lived his entire life devoted to rocket science while indulging in bizarre extracurricular activities, to say the least. Yeah. However, he wanted future generations to look to the stars and see themselves amongst them as reality and not just something in science fiction movies or books. And whether you believe it or not, it's almost as if the sex magic spells worked because almost all of his intentions for mankind worked. Shortly after, in 1969, so even though Jack was not alive at this time, the U.S. entered into the space race with Russia, and the entire world watched the Americans take their first steps on the moon, which before was a wild and sinful idea if it yeah. wasn't for Jack Parsons. I guess, however, we weren't just prepared for the possibility of drug use and orgies as being tied to NASA's official history. Seriously, that's why they offed him. That's why they offed him. So, wow. Yeah. That's the story of Jack I mean, Parsons. he was objectively a terrible human being. Like, he was. Like, his underage bullshit with women. He was cheating on his several... He cheated on several people, but I mean, he yeah. was open to the idea of extramarital relations, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. like but he, he did, like, he, he ascended. He ascended. <laughs> and he got man on the moon. So cool, because it is, like, a dark side of a very, like, historical moment. Like, the... Yeah. the the NASA and the moon landing. Yeah. yeah. And I think wild. it's something that not a lot of us know about because we just think of like NASA as being this like accredited association. Yeah, and it is. You start thinking like, about NASA when you like the seat, like, like the race, like you said, with Russia. Yes. Like, that's when I start thinking that NASA existed and, and nobody thought like, they could do it. As academics, we think to rocket scientists and people that work for NASA as being like the most elite of that form of academia. And right. It's like it actually was created out of sex cult magic. And right, but did they have drugs. to kill him? Did like the thing is like did they have to kill him to take back the reputation because like no the u.s government does stranger things than that i think it's true and, like, so yeah they yeah like and if they actually thought things. he was genuinely a threat like they that he's gonna teach other countries how to blow them up like that's i guess i think that like because at this time the main enemy of the united states was russia right so mm -hmm. i think that the possibility that he could even be an asset to russia even though there was no real reason to think that he was apart from that he stole documents right i think they were like we need to nip this in the bud. Right. For sure. But there's, I just think you're right that he didn't kill himself. No, I'm certain it was either suicide and or murder. Like but the possibility of the U.S. government, the government, U.S. government involvement is still very obviously gray. So. Right. Right. But yeah. if he, if he wanted to kill himself, he would have done a better job of the bombs and shit. Yeah. Unless, you know what, people like right before they're about to kill themselves always have Change like their doubts. Yeah. yeah. So like he could have set up the perfect version and then when he realized like, oh shit, this is going to kill me, he tried to get away. And maybe yeah. that's why he like was half blown up. Yeah, it's possible. You think like he that. just had like, you think he just had like, like jars of shit labeled like bomb shit. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, bomb shit mixed with A and B. Yeah. <laughs> Nitroglycerin. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You <laughs> might have. He might wow. have. Well, I always say that I feel like really great scientists have to have a little bit something fucked something up. Something going on. I, I never expected it to be drugs and sex orgies. Right. But, right. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, is yeah. It is like, you know what? Out of the box thinking. 
is it really <laughs> is, is. It really fucked up out of the box you thinking, are but. blurring the lines yeah 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 so that's well, you know what that is document. it's historically bad that is historically bad you're right <laughs> some bad shit that's some bad shit so that was yeah so fun that was fun that was it was a great a journey story, thanks yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah that's the birth of nasa folks that's it that's episode two make sure to check out our website we got that up and running now it's like actually yes. fire so and thanks to emily for doing that basically yeah, for emily. us yep. so you can go to our website <laughs> www.historicallybadpodcast.ca mm-hmm. and you can check out all the ways to listen to the podcast which mm-hmm. you're already doing so good work but you can also <laughs> look at all of our case sources and also yes. we're gonna have some photos up yeah we will yeah this episode's a little bit longer because it's there's so much shit that just went down and it's a bit more history so much so. bad shit and then make sure to check out our instagram at historically bad podcast so next week we're going to cover our first historically bad murder and it's going to take us to a place that tab and i are very familiar with right i don't know anything about this so i'm excited yeah and also terrified we're also going to go back to the ivy leagues which is apparently a theme a theme yeah join us next week yeah see you next week see you next week we're historically bad fuck yeah